One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, and welcome once again to History Dweebs. I am Tim. Welcome to the podcast where we take a lighthearted look at the dark side of history. The topic of our podcast today is Jolly Jane, serial killer Jane Topan. I think we're pronouncing that right, Brandy. Jane Topan. Chances are we're not, but that's what we're going with. Okay. She was a, Jane was a serial killer back in the last half of the 19th century. So we're going to talk about all of her dastardly deeds. But before we do, let me introduce our panel. I am very happy and pleased to be joined by the very uh, distinguished, the uh, Brandy the Benevolent, Queen Brandy the First, Her Majesty. Uh, how are you today, Brandy? <laughs> I, you I know, have to work on that, I know. I don't <clears throat> Timmy, I gotta say, I'm, I'm not too comfortable with this new uh, oh. dynamic that we have created. And here. I gotta say, nobody gives a shit. <laughs> See, this, this is what I'm talking about. Oh, Timmy. let me also remind our listeners that we are a <laughs> <laughs> comedy podcast, and we do <laughs> use adult language. So if you are uncomfortable, with the Queen. The, it's called the Queen's English, motherfucker. That's right. We all have hobbies. <laughs> if you're uncomfortable with adult language, please check out uh, one of the other fine podcasts that are out there, including uh, our friends at Insight. But if uh, you're okay with adult language, chances are uh, you're still with us, and we hope so. Um, but Brandy, um, you were saying. No, you know what? You know what I am? I'm like that dad on um, Christmas Story. I think you're like the dad on... I'm the dad on Christmas Story. I think story. you're like the dad on Shameless. I can weave a tapestry. You're Frank Gallagher. <laughs> I can weave a tapestry of profanity. Do you have a uh, leg lamp? I do, as a matter of fact, have a leg <laughs> lamp. Sits proudly in my front window. Okay. It's glorious. Okay. I do. I do have a leg lamp. So, how are you? I am well. I'm ready to talk about Jolly Jane, because she's jolly. And her name's Jane. And her name is Jane. Yes. It's well, better than being called Plain Jane. It is. Yes. Although so she jolly, jolly, was she a giant? Yeah, Jolly kind of type. I, it she was her be, sunny disposition. She might be fat. No, it was her sunny disposition. She, she Don't was fat shaming the serial killer. Not fat shaming the serial killer. I'm just saying when somebody, when you look at somebody and say, oh, they're jolly. No, Santa is jolly. If you look at somebody and say they're jolly, what's the first thing you think of? You ever think Santa could be the ultimate serial killer if you wanted to? That motherfucker could could travel around the whole world in just one night and kill everybody. He could, but he's busy leaving lumps of coal in your stocking, so. Mm. You know he is on uh, interrupting brandy time. (laughs) What else is new? Queen brandy time. What else is new? See, you know, remember when we got along when Timmy wasn't here? Remember that one day? (laughs) Remember that one day we got along? 
We did. <laughs> we did. I want to thank everybody's concern over my shopping excursion yesterday. You know, I got a little. You, you went shopping yesterday. Well, so what had what had happened was, I got I took my sleeping pills and then I had an oxycontin and I took that and then I decided to look for a snack while I was at my house and we didn't have anything. So I thought the best plan at that time was to get on the Kroger click list and start ordering groceries. And then I, I had see. to go pick them up. Does Oxycontin make you hungry? <laughs> I don't know. I was just hungry. Oh. And so. And we do not endorse the use of. No. Uh, drugs. We We're we a don't. drug-free uh, podcast. Well, let's we not go not crazy. Drug-free. <laughs> Everyone, we are so far from are... a drug-free prog- yeah. podcast. We're prescribed <laughs> medication. But I. But then I picked everything up, and there was nothing. There was all kinds of just messed up stuff. And so then I had to go back to the grocery yesterday and pick up things that I actually needed. Wow. So it was like a stoner's grocery list that I put together and sent out. And I'm sure that the be- the boys that collected it for me were laughing their asses off. Probably. Because, you know, who needs two one-pound bags of M&M's? <laughs> wow. So I do. Did you get the caramel kind? No, I just got plain. See, you know what? This low-carb thing... I can't eat caramel M&M's, and I want to try them so bad. Well, maybe I'll get a little bag, and you and I can try one. That'd be fun. Okay. We'll split one. We'll sp- no, I'm not splitting an M&M <laughs> with you, but I will split a bag well, with you. Well, you can have an M, and he I'll can d- have an M. I'll just bite it in half and give you the other. I don't think that that'll work for me at all, but that's weird and gross. Uh, Brandy, you have our um, shout-outs to our Patreon supporters. I do. Do you want to introduce... Uh, go go, go ahead there. and um, uh, let's thank our Patreon supporters. Then uh, we'll give uh, we'll go into Chuck time. Okay. Uh, well, let's start with Nene, Kelly Charette. Is it Charette? I think so. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Daniel and Kimberly Bassett, Jen Moyer and David Hill, Tommy Lane, Jason Dykes, Shelley Garrett, Bridget Clavey, Brandy McBride, Maggie Glover, Karen Widner. Callie Jones, Joseph Kerr, Lauren Meredith, Jessica Greeno, Mike Brown, Sarah Bloom, Amber Croup, Joe Hopkins uh, of the Now American History podcast. And uh, just uh, Mike Brown is with the Pleasing Terrors podcast. Mike Brown. Okay. See, I don't have these notes I on know, here. I know. I don't tell Mike Brown. Uh, Becky Omelet Oslinger, mm. Karen Alden, Cheryl Pierce, Timothy Young, Caitlin Campbell, Fiona Crisp. Uh, Laura O'Reilly, Christine Bourgeois, Donna Curran, Maja, Aaron, Kimberly Cameron, Elise, Edrington, 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 good Lord, Diane Student with the History Goes Bump podcast, Amber Trevino, Annette Petre, Lise, Leslie Hagar, Amber Scoville, Jahara, Alicia and Chip Mincy, uh, Jeff and Don Chestnut, Andrew Happ, Karen Barnes, Rachel Flynn, Holly Woodward, Shirley Strap, Todd Long, Lydia Fisher, Jennifer Wasnick, Tyrone, Phyllis Munson, Sarah Morgan, Melissa Montoya, Brittany Martin, Jennifer Siemens, and her mother, help me. Uh, Linda. I'm drawing a blank. Thank you. Linda. Good Lord. Cindy Lou, Heather Poole. Charlie and Allie from the Insight Podcast, Bridget Bernhard, uh, the the lovely individuals that they walk among us, Stacy, Christine Hauer, Cheryl Weldon, uh, Rudy the Wonder Dog, and uh, Catherine Cotgarage 
Richardson. Yes. Thank you all very much for your support. If you would like to support the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash history dreams where you can give a little, you can give a lot, or just a wee tiny bit, Timmy. Every little bit helps, and we truly do appreciate it, and we're very grateful for all of our supporters. Uh, and if you can't afford to give, that's okay, too. Just continue to listen. We appreciate all of our listeners. We love that. Um, let me introduce the most dangerous man in podcasting today, a man who is known as the moral compass of our podcast. Nope. Uh, he's been described as an oasis in the desert of despair. The very honorable Reverend Colonel he's Charles Beauregard, Hawk Waters III, affectionately known as the Southern Gentleman. How are you today, Colonel? Tell me I couldn't be better. I'm, I'm about to start on, on a four-day vacation here. Um, well, starting tonight. The missus is in Chicago. Okay. Uh, it's me and Ruta Baker at home. So we're going to have many adventures. Well, that sounds like you've got a very exciting weekend planned. I got a, uh, I do have to mention it today is my consigliere and my counselor's birthday, Nicola it Reed. It is Nicola's birthday. Yes. Happy birthday, so, Nicola. I sent her a message earlier. Send her, you sent her a message. That, <clears throat> that's supposed to make up for something. That's supposed to, how much effort that take on your part, Timmy? I sent flowers all the way to Scotland for the girl. Wow, that's very nice. I hope you, she Colonel. gets them. And we also want to congratulate uh, Allie Nett, who was uh, receiving an award at work. She was Employee of the Month. So, Allie, congratulations. That, now, that amazes me because uh, Allie doesn't seem like the type to. She lasts two weeks before she stabs somebody on the job. Yay. She's a very, very talented young lady. Or maybe part of her job is stabbing. Who knows? Um, so, what's else going on with you, Colonel? Um, that's, that's pretty much it. We got, oh, we got to welcome a new listener. We got Justin Rimmel from Mysterious Circumstances yes. joined our crew last night. Yes. Yay. A very good, very good welcome. podcast. Please check it out. It's called Mysterious Circumstances and it's available on iTunes. I think he has two, doesn't he? He has two. I've only listened to, um, his Mysterious Circumstances and they're actually really good. Yes. So. So check it out, and as we mentioned last time, please check out Bloody Murder. It is a Bloody Murder podcast. I listened to the railway. Did you, see, did you listen to the railway one yet? I don't think I've listened to that one yet. Oh, that one's really good. There, there's some, but the the one I listened to was very funny. And Tara gets really angry at these serial killers. Yeah, it's and they're very informative and um, not I'd like also, the devil over here who I think also, sometimes um, roots for the serial killers. <laughs> sometimes you have to. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> it's called thinning the herd. Yeah. Okay, so we ready to get into Jolly Jane? We've been waiting on you. Come on, huh? Okay, Jolly, uh, not Jolly. She was not Jolly yet. Jolly <laughs> Jane, uh, Jolly Jane was a serial killer, uh, believed to have uh, killed up to seventy-five people. Although uh, she confessed to only thirty-three in the last half of the nineteenth century. Uh, after she was convicted, uh, Jane Topin was quoted as saying that her ambition was to have killed more people, more helpless people, than any other man or woman who've ever lived. So she had goals, Brandy. It's good to have goals. Yes. And a it, hobby. Yeah. She, if she was alive today, there'd probably be an app for that to track all the people that you kill. But back in the day, there was not. So uh, not. she probably had to do, you know, like uh, have like a pen and paper or pencil and paper or something to mark down little her, notches on her bedpost. You know, yeah, maybe some notches on her bedpost. So anyway, Jane Topin. Do you, is your bedpost, do you even have a bedpost or is it just whittled away to nothing, devil? 
<laughs> when you put your notches in there. Is it just carved down to nothing? <laughs> Come on, that was a good one, Timmy. Jane Topin. <laughs> he hates uh, you too. Jane Topin was born a Nora. You don't hear that name too much anymore, Brandy. You're you not, not as much fun now that you're afraid of the devil, Timmy. Uh, Nora Kelly on <laughs> April the 5th, 1857. That's four days, Colonel, after April Fool's Day. It, it is, actually, yeah. She was born in Cambridge, Massachusetts. So what do you think of when you think of the state of Massachusetts? The Colonel? devil and witches and where her family do came you ever, from? Do you think of the, oh, I don't know, the Bee Gees? <laughs> Why? No. Why do you do that? I do not think of the Bee Why would you think of the Bee Gees? No, they have a Massachusetts song. There's a song about Massachusetts. I don't fucking know. I believe there is. I don't think I there know. is. But it's not coming. Okay. There's he doesn't, a light. He doesn't know. Some kind of light that never shone on me. That's not Massachusetts, though. Okay. So anyway, her parents, uh, Brandy, were Irish immigrants. Okay. And her mother's name was Bridget. Bridget Kelly. Not Bridget the Midget, but Bridget Kelly. Not Bridget the Midget. Ice. Bridget died. The Colonel, you'll be interested in this. She died of tuberculosis when she was very young, when uh, Jane was very young. Not when Bridget was very young, the mother, because then she wouldn't have Jane. But when Jane was very young, Bridget Kelly died of tuberculosis, also known as the consumption. Thank you. I don't know what he's doing over there. He fucking was, around. He missed he's just his fucking cue. around. Uh, did I miss my cue on that one, yeah, Jimmy? You did. Anyway, her father. I, this see, this whole show's out of balance because you're just sitting there doing your part. I'm trying to make fun of the devil over here. You're not helping me. Usually, you're just kicking something. And ever since you got back from the trip, Timmy, mm -hmm. you're different. I got to say, you're different. I don't know what what Clara did to you down there. Mm -hmm. Ew. But I well, I don't. But I. But do you have pictures? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. But you, you're different. I don't know. Yeah. You, you, the last show you was all cranky. Mm -hmm. And yelling at us before the show. I was not yelling at you before the Devil, show. Devil, was he yelling at us before the show? Yelling at you before the show. <clears throat> I was not yelling at anyone. <clears throat> Her, back to Jane. Jane's father. See, look at him. Peter He's trying Kelly, to be all professional now. Peter Kelly uh, <sighs> was known to be an alcoholic, very abusive, and Brandy was a little eccentric. Eccentric? Yes. Did, was he rich? He no. He then he was, wasn't eccentric. He was crazy. You have to be rich to be eccentric. You know what his nickname was? Uh, his name was Peter Kelly. His nickname was Kelly Shorty. the Crack, as in crackpot. Kelly oh. the Crack. Mm. So they was really clever back in the nineteenth century. Kelly the yeah. Crack. It was witty. Was it because his ass was hanging out? I went to a girl. I like that better. There was a girl in high school. We named her Kelly the Crack. We have a little bit about. I bet his, you did. <laughs> we did. We a little background information on Mister Kelly. He was said to be a chronic drunk, which most alcoholics are, let's face it. He was said to be a chronic <laughs> drunk. Yes. And an alcoholic. That's redundant, ain't it? He was prone yes. to violent outbursts and was uh, subject to quite a few colorful legends, Brandy. You know who that sounds like? Who? Yeah. <laughs> Get this. Chronic drunk. I don't drink. Peter <clears throat> Kelly would... Uh, so you say... <laughs> He would chase stray dogs down the street by getting on his hands and knees and barking at them. Oh, God, yeah. Chuck. Is that, is that, what, I don't, is that, is that wrong? <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Is that, how else are you going to go after a dog? You know, I, I guess he was kind of, you know. Bite him back. You got to trick the dog. Yeah, dog bites you, you bite him, bite him back. 
Many say that he eventually went insane, Brandy, while working in a tailor's shop, and he was institutionalized when he tried to sew his eyelids shut. He tried now, how to, are you going to do that? He tried to sew his own eyelids yes. shut? Well, how did he see to thread the needle? I don't, yeah. I don't know. He must do have been ever, a very good tailor, I guess. You know, do you ever watch Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Every once in a while, yeah. The, the greatest epiphany I ever got from a TV show was that was because what did Gandhi say? You know, an eye for an eye leaves everybody blind. Yes. But then Charlie Murphy said, no, that's no, not, not true. Charlie Murphy. Or Charlie uh, on the show. Yeah. Charlie on the show. Yeah. Said, no, that's not true because eventually you will have one guy with one eye left. Yeah. So the whole world won't be blind. So Gandhi was bullshitting us. Yeah, that's fucking amazing. Everything Gandhi said. We took time can't out be trusted. for that drivel. No, just think about it. All we have all these Gandhi quotes all over, but you can't really trust what he side. said. Oh, Gandhi did, yeah. Mm-hmm. He was hanging out with at brothels and everything. He all was right. an opium addict, wasn't he? Well, he's, he's, no, let's don't let's merch him. Let's not merch a man <laughs> for having a little hobby. No. Uh, anyway, no, let's not. <laughs> you got uh, Brandy over there shopping at Kroger's when she's on her oxycotton with one eye. <laughs> <laughs> that one's sewn shut. <laughs> no, the other one was just closed. <laughs> okay, it looks right. Okay, so um, anyway, uh, remember Jane's name starting out in this uh, when she was young was Honora. She had an older sister named Nellie. Doesn't this sound like an Irish family? You got Bridget, you got Peter, you got why you got a besmirched Irish? Peter, no, Timmy? I just say Bridget Kelly and Peter Kelly and Nellie Kelly. Oh, Nellie Kelly's and well, shit. The whole goddamn family named Kelly, so of course the Irish, Timmy. If they um, was named, if they was named Wallowski, you would say, "Oh, don't that sound like a Polish family?" Yeah, I just mean by their first names, they just sound very Irish. Anyway, and they're living in you well, know, Nellie Kelly outskirts of <laughs> Boston. Nellie Kelly out, living in the outskirts of Boston. I mean, just anyway. Her older sister, Nellie, went violently insane in her 20s and had to be institutionalized. Who's that sound that like? That happened to me once. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure if she was, like, sewing her eyelids shut or anything, but I couldn't find any information on in her other than she went, uh, she had to be institutionalized. Peter Kelly, the father, struggled as a single parent to care for his children. Well, because they were crazy. And, well, and his wife died what happened, of the what consumption. Ha- what happened to the guy sewing his eyes shut? Uh, Who he, was well, that guy? That was the dad. He was institutionalized. He got workers' comp. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, then, in February. Well, then, then he could have his eyes being sewn shut, you know, paid for. Exactly. Yeah. It would have been cool if he used like a sewing was, machine to do that. That would have been that really was cool. his, that, that would have been first a, LASIK. that would have been a treat. First LASIK. First LASIK. Yeah. In February of 1863, kind of steady hands for that shit. <laughs> Didn't need no sunglasses. <laughs> no. No. In February, <laughs> right? He didn't need like those little sleep masks. <laughs> you're good. No, you're good. You know what? Unless, you don't even care if the blinds are open. Like, unless you have no. Now, my dad, my dad swears up and down that he has thin lid syndrome. <laughs> Where light shines through. Where the something. light shines through. He can mm-hmm. see the neighbors. Now, they live in yeah. the country, but he can see the neighbor's porch light. And and I said, so you're telling me you can see through your eyelids. Well, don't be ridiculous, Brandy. I just see shadows. <laughs> But he, there, it's a whole. What is he? One of the X Men or it's, something? It sounds like whole, he might also have thin skin syndrome. <laughs> it's 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 a whole thing. It's you know we had to set up a telethon for tells 
thin lid syndrome. You need or, a you know, uh, you know, <laughs> GoFundMe page for that. Oh, definitely yeah. for research. My brothers have inherited it. It's a sad, <laughs> sad state of affairs. Yeah. It's genetic. Huh? It is. It's genetic. And <laughs> Can you see through your eyelids to the door? I cannot. Oh, oh, close your eyes. How many fingers am I holding up? <laughs> Thank Jesus. I, cannot. I can't tell you, but my dad can. Which I'm sure came in handy, him being a policeman and all. Yeah. And when he was in Nam. Yeah, yeah Nam. Yeah. yeah. He didn't even have sneak to sleep up on with his one ass. eye open. Oh, no. Can't sneak up on him. So in February of 1863, Honora, when she was six years old, Peter, Peter Kelly, her dad, begged the Boston Female Asylum to take his two youngest uh, daughters, Honora, uh, and her eight-year-old uh, Delilah, her eight-year-old sister Delilah Josephine, uh, take custody of him because he could not raise him because he had walking around with one you know his eyelids <laughs> so, so he's trying to give them to the asylum yeah 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 he's trying to give them away just to uh, anybody yeah when, hey crazy bitch come here he didn't even know it was like a it was like a orphanage to one of those cigar indians cigar right. store indians yeah because this was what you take a kid any kid <laughs> Okay. 1863. He didn't even know which kid it was. He right. was giving away. His eyelids are instead, instead of throwing a coin in the hat, he just tosses <laughs> a kid in. <laughs> Thanks for the song here. When the board at the Boston Female Asylum, which I guess is like a child protection agency. or an Doesn't orphanage. sound like an it. An orphanage or something. Yeah, the name needed a little work. <laughs> they need some new branding. Yeah, they really did. <laughs> Uh, when they uh, examined the shabby dress and the poor hygiene of the girls, well, I'm sure they're shabbily dressed because the guy's <laughs> eyelids was closed when he Can't was dressed. Can't see shit. <laughs> poor bastard. He he dressed things worse than I did. Uh, <laughs> it was it was decided by the uh, the institution there that these children ha- were subject of to neglect and abuse. So they voted to allow the children to stay in the asylum. I'm really not comfortable with the kids at the asylum. I'm sorry. That's just a year later. Wrong. A year later. They'll be running that place. That's in right. 1864, of course, a year later would be 1864. They need Nellie Kelly for that. Honora was indentured. <laughs> oh, <laughs> There's a lot going on here. She was indentured to a Mrs. Ancy Topan. That's how she got her name, Topan. Ancy Pansy? Ancy Topan. Was she Aunt Ancy? <laughs> Auntie Ancy? You know, it, she makes it, bitchin' pretzels. If they took these kids away because they were abused, then they turn around basically selling these kids. <laughs> it sounds like a good deal. <laughs> it sounds like something that's illegal today. Is it? Wouldn't that be human trafficking? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, know, I mean it, it was when an you indi- say it like that, it just sounds so ugly. Fundamentally, isn't that human trafficking? 1864, sounds ugly. Well, I mean, I guess that's like a technically before the Emancipation Proclamation, wasn't it? Or got to be pretty close. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think that. Uh, I don't think he was talking about kids when he wrote I, that. Apparently though. not, because they indentured her out to Mrs. Ann C. Topan, Topan, however we're pronouncing the name. Auntie Ann C. She makes pretzels. Even though she never uh, formally adopted a child, um, she changed uh, uh, Anora's name to Jane, and that's how we get Jane to Pan, who would later become Jolly Jane. I, I bet, don't know how I she bet was she's so regretting damn. that decision. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know how she was so damn jolly. Don't sound like things started it, it out jolly it, it, for her. Well, you know, your dad's sewing his eyelids shut. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot going on there. You know, down on all fours, chasing <laughs> yeah. canines down the alley, barking at. Jane suffered shame and humiliation, Colonel. Imagine, <laughs> just at, at the hands of her foster mother. 
Her foster mother was also beat Jane for the slightest infraction. You know, you only hear about the bad foster mothers. I bet there's a bunch of good foster mothers well, yeah, out there. Well, yeah, of course they are. You know, though, why? Like, why would you just take a kid to beat oh, them? I think. Does she have her working? I don't know. If she might have got, got a, money for she it. She might have got a stipend. She may have, yeah. you know, she may have had, you know, make free I just don't labor. get it. I don't either. But the good foster parents, you know, those people are saints. So Jane was forced um, to work from sunup. You know, one of our listeners, Timmy, had over 30 foster children. That's amazing. I mean, I, they're, they're better people than us. Do you ever read the threads on our page, Timmy? Not very often. No. It's uh, a... Spit it out. Was it Amber? Is it Amber? Shelly Garrett. Oh. She was the one who was writing about foster kids. She had said over 30 foster kids. very sweet of you. Very good person. And, of course, we've... uh, Amber has done some wonderful... Her family does some wonderful... Amber Anderson. Yeah, with adopting children. Adopting children. Wonderful people. Jane was forced to work sunup to sundown uh, to late in the evening. Sounds scrub- like me. Scrubbing floors <laughs> and doing podcast. laundry. Sounds like us, yeah. Yeah, me and the devil on the podcast working sunup, sundown. Getting she beaten was... for the slightest infraction. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she was also expected to cook all the family meals and to clean up afterwards. Well, so. If I'm going to bring somebody into my house named Jane, she's going to be cooking. Although... <laughs> <laughs> uh, see, and Anne had her a daughter, so you know this is like a stepchild situation. It's not. Uh, good. She had red hair. Yeah. The, uh, although Anne's daughter Elizabeth was never uh, never mistreated Jane, Jane developed a bitter hatred toward her and jealousy uh, toward her because her mother or her foster mother would treat Elizabeth much better than she treated Jane. Uh, she, uh, also, Elizabeth. It's like Cinderella, a little bit. Uh, yeah, kind of. Mm-hmm. Her uh, Elizabeth was very beautiful and had many suitors, while Jane was considered ugly and frump. <laughs> That's just harsh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I make no judgment on her. I'm just telling you, you what pa- the you research. Paint, you're painting a rough picture there, but uh, Mr. Ross. <laughs> I, I actually saw pictures of Jane. She didn't look that bad, but you know, you know, it, it's all subjective, I guess. <laughs> Jane did have one boyfriend, however, a young man by the name of Francis Stilwell. Uh, Brandy? Yeah, Francis. Frank? Yeah. He courted Jane when she was 16. He was an office worker, and he apparently fell in love with Jane. He even gave her an engagement ring engraved with the image of a bird. Oh, she was ugly. I don't know what that means, but... He gave her a It's lovely. Maybe he wanted her to fly away from that hellish existence she was living. Well, the relationship soured, Brandy. <laughs> Aw, as they do. <laughs> when he moved to another town and fell in love with his landlord's daughter, a young woman he eventually married. So Jane got dumped. Aw. She remained in, in the Topin household. She was probably disappointed because she was probably going to get out of that hell hole that she was living in. Uh, but she continued to live with Anne Topan and her foster sister, uh, Elizabeth. And she continued to um, sustain abuse from her foster mother, Anne. In order to overcome this abuse, um, Jane developed a vivacious personality. It sounds like she just kind so of... she was the funny fat girl. Yeah. Have we... 
See, you, now, why you keep calling everybody calling her fat? I don't know if she's fat, but she, she, you know, vivacious. She looks chunky in the picture. Huh? She looks chunky in Does the she? picture. Well, yeah. don't, don't just, don't fat cereal fat shame. shame. Fat shame. Yeah. <laughs> fat cereal killer <laughs> yeah. shame. It's a, you know, well, I guess John Wayne Gacy was fat, but most serial killers yeah, well, are kind of skinny. Well, he ate everyone. Yeah, that's true. No, he didn't. That was Dahmer, and he Dama. was skinny as hell. But you know why? Because Dahmer was on a low-carb diet. He was. He didn't. Eat it. <laughs> he was. He wasn't eating all those carbs. But John, you don't really. How many get... calories are in a human body? I think it depends on how you prepare them. Yeah, I bet Eddie Goodell yeah. is when that was was low calorie. Nah, he was only sixty five pounds. You couldn't even get a decent rump roast out of that boy. You salt him, but and, uh, salt him and bury him and cure that. You'd shit. have to make him jerky. Yeah. All right. But no, think like about he was this. Already jerky. You don't find most of the serial killers. Think this through. This needs to be, you know, that triad they have. Uh, the McDonald triad. The McDonald triad. Skinny ones. Because, I mean, John Wayne Gacy's the only fat serial killer I can think of. You got to be wiry. Mm-hmm. You got to yeah. be jukey yeah. to be a serial killer. Yeah, Ted usually. Bundy was in good shape. He was jukey. The Night Stalker, he was he was, he was wiry. Sinewy. Mm-hmm. Yes, sinewy. Sinewy. Yeah, I mean, no. you know what? I think I'm on to something here. Yeah, you don't, I'm going to call Quantico. You're yeah. not... I'm not. I'm not fat shaming her. I'm just saying that's. But I'm just no. I'm just saying. Like, well, that was, uh, except maybe the exception is women because Belle Gunness was uh, pretty. Uh, you know, she was heavy. Yeah, fat. but back yeah, in but the day, there was she all was getting laid then. more than linoleum. Yeah, too. she was. Yeah. She was. They was banging it and, out on and Belle. Back in the day, they that called was, her. They just say, "I'm gonna go bang the bell." <laughs> I'm gonna ring that bell. <laughs> ring that bell. Ding ding. All right. So back to. Uh, Jolly Jane. She uh, developed this vivacious personality, and strangely, she denied her Irish heritage by making derogatory anti-Irish uh, and anti-Catholic statements. Um, what the hell? I don't yeah. even like this woman now. Yeah. So, well, you know, this is a time when, you know, the Irish were, uh, you know, there was a lot of discrimination going on against the Irish. So she was kind of denying her own heritage, just sound like self-hating or something. While some of her schoolmates liked her a great deal, others despised her and called her, uh, felt that she was an outrageous liar. She was spun, she? Well, she spun tales of her heritage and would often pin her troublesome deeds on other children, Brandy. Oh, uh, she was a rat fink. Yeah, she, well, she blamed other kids. Yeah. yeah, she was a rat fink. Is it really ratting out when the people didn't really do it? I think so. Okay. That's worse. Is that, is that a snitch? No, snitch, that's not a snitches snitch. Snitches get britches. Snitches get britches. Yeah, but, but what if you're a lion snitch? That's even worse. Well, no, I, I kind of respect a little li- a lion snitch because then you're creative. You're not just selling <laughs> someone out. You're setting someone up. You're yes. making, you're, you're framing somebody. Yeah, yeah that's, that's just, what I mean. That's, that's devious. That's more devious, right? Yeah, that's, that, takes a lot that's of planning. That's a notch up than you know, just ratting someone out. For doing something I don't know that that's a notch up. <laughs> She's a rat fink. You have a strange moral code, Timmy. I, you know, <laughs> what a moral code? Of, yeah, whatever moral code you have, that uh, <laughs> nay small it may be, it's, it's odd. Not, it's peculiar. You weirdo. If you had more money, you'd be eccentric. Yeah. So while some of her, um, I always, I was one of summer schoolmates. Liked her a great deal. I already said that. Other ones said she was a liar, and she would rat out on. She'd do. She'd get do things, and then she would. He did it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
due to her unhappiness with her situation and, uh, and the unlikelihood that she would uh, ever marry, Jane grew unattractively plump. <laughs> Again, this is not, right, I'm not he, making it. Here we go, devil. Call, is, her, call, call is, her, just call her the fat girl. <laughs> this is in the research. Unattractively plump. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hold on. That's in the research? Yes. Yes. Well, hold on. No, no, no that guess, adjective, unattractively. Yeah. I mean, don't you do these scripts? You're yeah. the one that edits this. Yeah, so but I, I'm not, who, I don't want to edit out facts. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's subjective, Timmy. Unattractively yeah. plump. Because I find women who are plump to be attractive. Yeah, but there are women who are unattractively who are plump who are unattractive as well, just like there but, are women who are plump who are attractive. But on a see, but you're painting them with a broad brush. You're I'm painting not. you're I'm painting not the fat broads with broad no, brush. No, 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 no. We don't like that, Timmy. <laughs> plump we just is don't the like noun. it. Unattractively is the adjective. Exactly, and you yeah. used it. You should have edited that out. Well, with Jane, is plump mean, a noun? <laughs> I don't know. I just said that. Let, I mean, don't make me start you diagramming can, sentences You can pass over that here. one off by me. That one straight by me. I don't Do know. Do not make me start diagramming <laughs> that's sentences. How she, I, let me just say that's how she's been, she was described in research. So that's all I can I'm, say. I'm, I'm, not, not, I'm not, not happy with that research because I, li I like a plump girl. Chuck likes a fat bottom girl. <laughs> I, oh, they, I, make the, I, they make the podcast I, world go round. I think uh, there are very many attractive women who are, are, are plump. I'm just saying in this case, she was not one of them. <laughs> According to the research, <laughs> and then you're right; it is it is subjective. No, I say according to she doesn't to look that bad to me. According I mean, to that goddamn picture, I saw she's unattractive. That's what makes her unattractive. It wasn't a plumpness; it was a look. But you know, people back then just didn't look very attractive at all. Well, they had bad no, teeth. I beg to the they didn't. They didn't bathe a lot. Abe Lincoln was a handsome man. No. <laughs> In 1874, he was rode hard and put away wet for sure. In 1874, when Jane turned 18 years old, she was finally released from the service of the Topan family. She received $50 that was uh, as stipulated by the indentured agreement. So, you know, Anne Topan was the lady of her word. She gave her 50 bucks and says, you know, on your way. No, although she was released from her indentured obligation, she remained in the household for another decade and worked, Good Lord. and then later worked for her foster sister Elizabeth, the one that she hated. She worked for her when Mrs. Topan died. While there and working in the house, I mean, she you know, she can got a lot of options in life. She's an orphan. I mean, she's not an orphan, but her family. Is she dumb? Huh? Is she dumb? I never saw about anything about her intelligence, but I would think no. that not because. But the fact but that when she was we, fat was in there. But when we get on a little bit he, later, yes, he doesn't want to talk about brains. No, she gets. She talks. Uh, she, she uh, well, she does some work with chemicals. So we'll we'll get into that later. Oh, so. she's a she's a chemist. Yeah, kind of. Um, so anyway, she she does her obligation. She's a, released, a but, chemist. <laughs> but she stays with the family, right? And then she works for the sister that she can't stand. Who was nice to her. But then she can't counts. be that smart if she stayed with these people. Yeah. Okay. Her sister Elizabeth married a young man by the name of Oramel Brigham. Oramel? Oramel, you don't hear that name so much Ever. Anymore. I've never heard that name. <laughs> Oramel? He was a... Oramel? He was a young deacon at the local church. Oh. Oramel. So he's Oramel. not a full-blown reverend. O-R-A-M-E-L. Oramel. Oramel. Isn't that a ham or something? They some make sausages, yeah. yeah. 
1885, when she was 28, um, Jane finally moved out of the then Brigham household. Uh, or Mel's house. Uh, yeah, she moved out. And the circumstances uh, surrounding her departure are, Colonel, unknown. Questionable? Questionable. She, she was re- just reaching her sexual peak about that time. Elizabeth, her you know, her sister, the stepsister, remained kind to Jane. She's going to go get her a little something-something. Mm-hmm. And assured her that she uh-huh. was always welcome back <laughs> to come and visit any time that she wanted. You know, people always say that when you leave them, but they're never home when you call them again. Yeah. Well. They're like, home. They hey, just, I just hide. I just need to stay. I just need a place to stay a couple of days. But like you walk up to their house and there's like music <laughs> yeah. blaring, yeah. the lights are on, yeah. and all the cars the are in the driveway, and, and <laughs> you knock on the door. And you know that happened silence. to me yesterday, and hey. it kind of aggravated me. Be cool, guys. Me. Be cool. We got a package delivered to the house uh-huh. from Amazon, uh-huh. and uh, Logan, first thing the little bastard does, he doesn't even look at it. To see who, you know, if it's mine or Renee's. Well, he just opens all, up. Isn't the worst sound in the world like your some your doorbell ringing or someone knocking on your door? Yeah. To me, that's I don't like that. that. I don't. Either. I, you, the worst for me, it's the three barks that come because Rudy can hear him coming up the porch, right. so he starts barking before the doorbell it's never even good rings. News. No, it's not. <laughs> no, we had some little girl going around. I was so pissed. We had this little girl going around. Dave and Jake, or Dave and uh, the other one, the little one, Noah, had gone to a ball game or something. <laughs> the other one. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah, Check one. your Facebook page. You forget your children's <laughs> names. But they went to a ball game, and I had just gotten out of the shower, and I'm sitting there relaxing, you know, back on the computer, whatever, probably ordering shit from Kroger. Where are you, uh, where are you clothed? Oh, I was clothed. Okay, I just thought maybe but you're somebody, sitting at your computer. But somebody naked. starts knocking on my door. And I'm like, yes, much like that. <laughs> We have sound so, effects here. Yeah. Land, I, land shark. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Candy gram. But I'm like, they'll leave. It's probably a guy dropping off the package. Just, you know, I'm not going out there. <laughs> Drop a guy from Kroger. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> going, what the hell? Step away from the computer. Come on, please. But they, she, like, I mean, she stood and banged on my door, like, for a good five minutes. Just mm-hmm. pounding on my door. Finally, I go up there. I'm like, What? Hi, I'm from so and so energy, and we were just saying, are you the, are you the the homeowner? Nope, burglar. I'm a burglar. Motherfucker, <laughs> get the hell nope. out of here. I'm house sitting. <laughs> oh, do you know when they'll be back? Nope. Motherfucker, what? I'm. I, don't I just broke in to kill the owners. Why are you? Yeah, but why are you pounding <laughs> the shit out, out of my door? Why are you pounding the shit out of my door for five minutes? Just, I mean. It was start. I was starting to think it was like you know the military showing up for something. I hate getting a phone call from an unknown source or uh, an unfamiliar number or the hearing a knock at my door. Well, well but you're weird. Yeah. So yesterday I get home and Logan's there's this package. package Logan's open up the package. Then it's a um, uh, like Kindle or iPad case, nice mm-hmm. one I guess. You know, leather, whatever. But it, he's like, who in the hell? You know who. Dad, if you ordered this, or Mom, well, ne- nobody ordered it. Yeah. And then we looked down, and it's for a house. It's about fifteen houses away. Well, um, they, they screwed the pooch on that delivery. They did. They delivered it to just the wrong house. He had the address right. I mean, it wasn't you know. See, our that's address. what worries me about serial killers because I don't think I would ever be really a target. Mm-hmm. But 
what if they get the wrong house? <laughs> well, and you know what? Was it delivered by the guy like in the sketchy truck? Like not the UPS guy, but like oh, I don't know. Guys? It was it was yeah. yeah they have I've like just that. Rick Randall yeah. delivering <laughs> yeah. shit now. Amazon has that. Yeah, now. yeah, just like pizza guys. They yeah, ain't even got a sign up. on the car. Yeah. Oh, because they got anyway, that. Um, they got that delivery where they anticipate what you're going to buy. And it, oh, I don't know. I yeah, don't know. If they it's have just so much. I think Amazon has a system where they they have so many supplies available at their. Yeah, the, well, they have a place right up here on well, Calhoun. Well, you can get your shit in an hour, too. Well, so I mean, and they anticipate what you're going to buy yeah. before you buy it. I yeah. like doing... I like going in and order random shit. Random just shit? Throw, just to throw I don't off. like. I don't like that. Well, so anyway, I look at this package. I see it's supposed to go to this family about 15 houses down. I realize, it, you know, they just delivered it to us wrong. So I walked down to the house, right? Mm-hmm. Walked this package down to our house. Last night... In the rain, Eddie. In the rain, Eddie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I walk up. Both the damn cars are in the driveway. Knock on the door. Fucking dogs go batshit crazy. They got two dogs. I think they're about to come out through the window at me. I see the woman go from one she room to the dining room the to not answer the door. Then so her shit out in the rain. Knock on the door again. Fucking what, dog's is, going is crazy. She, why are you knocking on the door again? She already knows you're there if she's looked out and oh, saw you. Oh, motherfucker, I walked down in the rain to give you a goddamn package. You came to my house. I could have kept this on, bitch. I could have put it on eBay. I could have done anything else. But you know what? I'm being a good Samaritan. I'm fucking wet. And you ain't even coming to the goddamn door. Well, so you know what I did? You know what I did, though? I took that fucking package back home with me. I taped it back up. Wrote wrong address on the package and the postman or whoever can take that some bitch back that'll show him yeah. mother don't answer your damn door when i come calling I i'm the an- colonel god damn it i wouldn't answer my door if you came calling in my house and i know you <laughs> you know i'd be probably coming to ask you for something not to bring you something that's true <laughs> Need a cup of sugar. Yeah, you got any of those people power bars? People don't borrow sugar anymore, do they? We do. Used to be, you see it on those sitcoms or something. My next door neighbor, Maria, I go over and borrow shit from her all the time because she's one of those organic people. She's always got whatever you need. And she's single. I don't know how she has such a stock. Well, she doesn't eat so much. But if you ever need, like, sticks of butter, it's like, Maria, I need two sticks of butter. You got two sticks of butter? The fuck two sticks of butter. Fuck you. Go to the store. Fuck you and your two sticks of butter. <laughs> Order it online at yeah. Kroger's.com. Order that shit online. Dude, I used to work at Kroger, and I told you, I don't know if I told you or not, but people would, um, they would break up a pound of butter and just try and buy like two sticks. Yeah. Or a stick of butter. You should be able to. I'm like, That's no. what they should do with bread. Like you could should be able to get like four slices of bread instead of buying a whole loaf. But I look at these people, I'm like, no, you cannot do that. Well, I've been doing, no, you cannot do it. What am I supposed to do with the rest of it? fucking freeze it fucking shove it in your ass i don't give a fuck but it's sold by the pound motherfuckers you don't see me going here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states united healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs coming off their parents plan or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you up through the cereal aisle going oh i just need two cups of rice krispies for some rice krispie treats and breaking that shit out oh, Ass really? wipes. that would be kind of cool well it would but that's not the way it works all right so anyway jane uh, leaves jane jane <laughs> leaves her about, where was we timmy we i think we need a recap here Oh, you don't. Okay, so James, I'm James lost. moved out. James, <laughs> okay, Jane done. James Jane moved out of her sister and uh, her husband, Oramel. Oramel. Yeah, moved Oramel. out of their house. Uh, they were on good terms, and her sister told her she could come back anytime. Lies. Uh, it was around this time, it was 1885, that Jane began uh, training it to be a nurse at the Boston Cambridge Hospital. She was quite popular with patients and acquired the nickname Jolly Jane. Mm-hmm. Uh, her patients loved her, but her colleagues were not that taken with her. She was not well. Uh, she was not well liked by her fellow trainees, as she was perceived as a devious gossip. Brandy, oh, we devious gossip that repeatedly lied about her background. Ain't nobody like a devious gossip. She was also sus- suspected of stealing from several patients, although she was never confronted for this. That's back before they knew what Alzheimer's was. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, you remember, uh, you know. Or AIDS or, no, you know. I, mean, what, I, I think about that sometimes with Alzheimer's patients because, you know, back then they didn't know what that shit was. Well, so, and a lot so of times you, you did, I mean, a lot of times you didn't live long enough to. Acquire. Well, that's true. But, you know, they, they just, you know, kind of stockpiled people away well they call it uh, what did they call it dementia right you just had you just uh they just yeah checked it up as being old all right so so anyway nobody she, likes her she's trained to be a nurse uh if a patient liked her she would uh falsely uh falsify their charts to give them extra doses of medication oh well that's, that's my, my girl jane right there that's my girl you got some of that uh, x for me jane yeah um she soon began conducting branding what she described as scientific experiments on her patients. Sure. <laughs> in which she would alternate different doses of morphine and atropine. 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 To examine the effects on the patients. She grew to like atropine because... <laughs> yeah, that tends to happen when the you mo- Because it. It crea- it, it de- uh, they de- the patients developed more animated sim- symptoms when they animated? were... Animated? Yeah. When animated? They, when they were taken... The animated. Is the word animated? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so now Brandy is going to tell us what happens next. Hold on. <laughs> we got to stop. She ain't going to let this go. 
I know. I just I'm okay. Just I mispronounced the word. Wrapping my head around it. I mispronounced a word. Now, can we see? On? Look at him getting all touchy here. Come on, turn that vengeance toward the devil with me, Timmy. Well, you know he's. We've been in here for an hour. It's about time for the three day weekend. <laughs> All right, so it is speculated that Jane killed more than a dozen patients while working at the hospital in Cambridge. Are you going to blah, blah, blah some of this? <laughs> One patient, Miss Amelia Finney, lived to later tell the tale of Jane's maliciousness. After surgery, Jane administered some bitter-tasting medicine to Amelia to help her with pain. As she was slipping into unconsciousness, she realized that Jane had gotten into bed with her and began kissing her all over her face. See, that never happens to me. Well, happens, sometimes even Jolly Jane you know, would be welcome. It happens, it happens to me damn near every morning. No, except it it's a dog. Yeah, I was going to say, no. <laughs> but, I mean, think about it. Someone giving you a, some morphine, jumping in bed with you, and kissing your face. I mean, uh, you know what? That, even if she wasn't a, a e- even if she was, what would what did what was the words they called? Attractively plump. Unattractively plump. I would not mind, Timmy. <laughs> I, I would welcome it. Well, I would welcome him. Miss yes. Finney did not like it, and luckily for her, Jane was startled by someone and hastily left the room. As Amelia gained consciousness the next day, she thought the incident had been had all been a dream. A bad dream. Well, yeah. <coughs> and she checked out of the hospital, keeping her fears silent until she, until she found out that Jane had been arrested in 1901. Yeah. Even though her colleagues didn't like her, she won the favor of a couple of doctors who gave her glowing recommendations to receive wider training at the more respectable Massachusetts General Hospital. Yeah, that's a... That's a, that's a uh, prestigious hospital yes in 1889 uh in the head nurse's leave of absence did you say head nurse (laughs) (laughs) jane was named the temporary representative although she was well liked by her superiors colleagues disliked her still and suspected that she was using blatant disregard for the dosages of medication she was giving her patients uh quite a few patients were speculated to have died under her care in the summer of 1889, Jane broke an important rule and left the ward without permission. Uh-oh. She was de- discharged without ever receiving her nursing license. Timmy, how would you like to have lived back in those days when they didn't keep track of the medication yeah. in the hospital? Well, I mean, in one way, it would be cool because you could buy, like, you know, stuff over the Cough counter. Cough medicine with cocaine? Yeah. Is this when but, they, did they have antibiotics? Could they cure the syphilis no, then? No, okay. no, not then. But the bad, the downside would be they didn't know what the fuck they were doing. Yeah, that's true. Let's try this <laughs> and see if it works. Here's some leeches. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, got a cold. There's some leeches and let's some morphine. Let's a little bit. Let's, yeah, let's see how you she do was, it. She was discharged. She didn't receive her nursing license, even though she'd passed the final and her diploma was signed. In the fall of 1889, as a, after a stint as a private nurse, Jane returned to Cambridge Hospital. The next spring, Jane was dismissed from Cambridge Hospital due to the fear that she was administering opiates recklessly. Yeah. Well, is there any such thing, really? Yes. We frown upon that. No. No, no I don't believe don't you at do. all. Recklessly. We, it, should be, it should be well thought out. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, that, she and that, eats them like the caramel M&Ms over uh, yeah, here. Yeah, but she don't administer them to me. Or <laughs> yeah, to well, that's true. Yeah, you kind of bogart them with those re- pain I meds. don't administer them recklessly. <laughs> I am very careful when I take them. You're no Jolly Jane. I am not. Uh, it was a rumor that always followed her, though. In 1891, Jane decided... Really, did it always follow her? 
what it said. I mean, look at her. There's a lady who recklessly administers. Look here, motherfucker. You're making fun of your own words that are right here on this goddamn page. I'm making fun of the research. If Timmy says it, it's true. Okay. If it's on that, you know what? That is like, think of that as Acts, devil, or John, or Paul, whatever book from the Bible. If it comes from Timmy, it's basically... It's a it's a divine do, writing. I, I don't do primary research. I do secondary <laughs> research. I'm, I can't vouch for that crap. Okay, so this <laughs> perfect. Hold on, did you just did you just <laughs> Jesus? A. I don't go out and interview these people. I look at what's available online. If there's some story out there online, then I then I, I believe it. he just said. <laughs> What we're telling you may or may not be true. Well, right. It's 1885. I, I, you know, I, if it, if it's beyond like 25 years ago, I don't even I don't I don't give it much credibility. But oh god, we'll, I wish you we'll could say see the look that, on the devil's face. We'll say that Jane that the uh, rumor about her administering uh, opiates recklessly followed her everywhere she went. They were whispering behind her back. Oh, Christ, in a sidecar. Can I get on with this? Please do. Oh, What's he saying? We are not going to win any awards with him saying, I don't know if this shit's true or not. Now we're just I, no. now we're just spreading that rumor. That's all we're doing. Yeah, her family's going to sue us, you know. Yeah, she's you know, dead. You can't, about the, you can't defame the dead. No, so. I bet we could. <laughs> yeah. In 1891, Jane decided to begin her career. To begin her career as a full-time private nurse. <laughs> because she got fired everywhere else. Well. <laughs> Hold on, devil. I just got to stop. Even me. though wherever she goes, <laughs> they were whispering her. about her administering uh, opiates recklessly. One day, this is what I mean by he changed. I read One day when you page. say blah, 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 he goes batshit crazy. Another no, day when you I just say, what does this mean? He says, I don't know if it's fucking true or not. Obviously, people don't listen to you know the what? script, so I don't care anymore. It's like podcasting with goddamn Sybil. <laughs> I know. It's, you know what it's like? It's like having a drunk daddy. I'm trying never to sew his eyelids shut. <laughs> you know what? Next week, I'm just going to bring in like the the um, um, job bulletins or something. We'll just read those for an hour. Wow, you're gonna you're gonna need to go. <laughs> anyway, that's the best research that I can do based upon the internets, <laughs> the interwebs. Yeah, the interwebs. The World Wide Web. Well. That's perfect. So in 1891, she begins her career as a private full-time nurse. She was regarded as the most successful private nurse in Cambridge, even though some of her employers were annoyed with her intricate lies and petty theft. And the fact that she recklessly administers. Well, and the rumors uh, followed her. Yeah. And rumors. Recklessly administers uh, opiates. In her free time. Some of us would look on that as a virtue yeah. <laughs> i would say well, that. that's the kind of nurse i want to have in her free time <laughs> now i feel like i'm reading a personal ad in her free time jane loves to guzzle Mash. beer tell lies and spread rumors match.com profile he yeah. likes horseback riding yeah giving out opiates yeah. <laughs> and long walks on and walks long on. stoned walks on the beach and right. getting in bed and kissing your face yeah, kissing your whole face jesus in May of 1895, Jane poisoned her landlord 
Israel Durham, 77, because he was feeble and fussy. Damn right. <laughs> well, fuck, he had it coming then. <laughs> feeble I mean, fussy. you can be one or the other, Colonel. You can be yeah. feeble, you can be fussy. Yeah, but you do, do you can't go full feeble fussy on somebody. No, no, because that, that, that shit gets old real quick. Yeah. You give that motherfucker some morphine. Yeah. Uh, Jane then moved in with her dead landlord's wife, Lovey. They lived together for two years until the fall of 1897 when Jane, Jane poisoned, poisoned Lovey. <laughs> yeah. and that's another name you don't hear too often. Lovey. 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 Yeah. Yeah, and Mrs. Howell, that was her name. Was it, I always thought it was a nickname. It might, well, it probably was. It was a, a term of endearment from Thurston Well, I Thurston wonder if they Howell. ever used her real name on the show. You know, I wonder if they had sex while they were on that island. I think you Gilligan, know they had you know, sex. Gilligan was doing it with her. No, no, he was banging Marianne. No, not on no, the, the professor on the was. show. And you know how the Brady Bunch oh, did those life. real life thing. Uh-huh. Gilligan was banging Mrs. Howe. Why Bob, do you know that? I don't think mm-hmm. Bob Denver got a lot of tail. He got hers. Oh, I bet he got some tail. Oh, you so? know Gilligan. I'm he was know, Gilligan got yeah, some give me tail. One of those fucking hats. You got to put that hat on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in those in those bell bottom high waters. Yeah, shit. Yeah, I might be showing up in Indy looking like that. I'm gonna get one like of those that. hats, and I'm gonna get you know. I, you he know was what, swatting pussy you know away I, with that hat. You know, I'm gonna wear one of those hats at Crime Con. You know what kind of hat I'm gonna totally do that? I'm gonna get the kind Jughead used to wear. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's a yeah. panty dropper there. Yeah. Go my power, pretty much the <laughs> yeah, same one. Same hat, really. Yeah. Perfect. I you know what I'm gonna get for Crime Con? I'm gonna have me a goddamn pirate on my, or a, not a pirate, a parrot. <laughs> you gonna have a pirate on your shoulder? <laughs> I do a sure, tiny parrot. One. I'm, yeah, a tiny parrot. You get more attention, even though both of them will give you attention. <laughs> I think having a pirate on your shoulder. You know what I'm gonna get for yeah. Crime Con is a tetanus shot. <laughs> The next August, Jane's foster sister, Elizabeth Bingham, invited Jane to visit her at her vacation home in Cape Cod. This is Ormel's wife. Ormel's wife. Jane, Le- Jane slowly poisoned her foster sister and later claimed this was the first victim that she hated. Yes, yeah, so she had this uh, running hatred memory. Right, I remember. Yeah. Jane told Elizabeth's widower, Ormel, that it was her sister's last wish for Jane to have her gold watch and chain. Ormel obliged because this sounded characteristic of his dear wife Elizabeth and later found out after Jane was arrested that she pawned the gold watch and chain. On December 29, 1898, Jane poisoned Mary McClare, 70, after she was recommended by the woman's doctor to take care of her. It's speculated that Jane took some of Mary's clothing. This murder was odd because Jane did not know Mary personally and only cared for her for two days. It was a temp position. Uh, clear, clearly. <laughs> yeah. On February 11th, 1899, Jane killed her old friend Myra Connors with strychnine in order to take over her position as dining matron at the theological school. Because well, that a is a gig. prestigious that's a yeah. sweet gig. That's some good shit. You shed. know, once these people start poisoning people, they don't stop. No. They just keep, they go crazy. After Myra died, Jane approached the dean of the theological school and informed him that Myra was planning on going on a sabbatical and she had intended to recommend Jane for the job. Jane lied to the dean and told him that Myra had instructed her on all of the duties of the job. The dean offered Jane the job, and right from the start, her co-workers questioned her competence. During the summer, while the theological school was out of session, she worked at the mess hall of the biological school in Woods Hole. <laughs> 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 yeah, hold on. A woody hole? 
Woods Hole. Was it a Woody Hole? Doesn't say. <laughs> On November of 1899, Jane was dismissed from her job at the theological school without claiming any victims for financial irregularities and complaints that had been lodged against her. She soon began living under new landlords, Melvin and Eliza Beadle, whom she also poisoned, but only enough to give them, <laughs> but only enough to give them uh, a gastrointestinal illness. She gave them the shit. <laughs> I got some. That's not well, even real poison. That? That's just being mean. Yeah, <laughs> that's just killing somebody. That's that's a pathological well, thing. Yeah. Where she would kill people, or she she would poison enough to then bring him back, you know, to kind of toy with him. Uh, <laughs> Jane poisoned the Beatles' housekeeper. <laughs> hold on, did that you was, see that? Was kind of a clutch. Hold thing on, that he hold on. Have. But did you see how unenthusiastic he was about even giving us the tidbits? Now I know. It's, <laughs> He yeah. is a tidbit. I got to say, your heart's not in this one, Timmy. I've moved on. <laughs> Turn the page. <laughs> I'm looking at podcaster one. I wanted ads right now. My phone. Chindy.com. Podcaster needed. Okay, so Jane poisoned the, Be- the Beatles' housekeeper, Mary Sullivan, enough to frame her as a drunk so she would be di- dismissed and Jane could take over. And that worked. In July of 1900, the Lord... The landlord of the cottage where Jane vacationed decided it was time to collect on the $500 she owed him. So Mary, Maddie, Alden embarked on a trip to the Beatles' house in Cambridge. Jane gave Maddie some doctored, I don't even know what this word is, I just want to call it Hyundai and that's not right, whatever, mineral water. And later that evening gave her more morphine when she came when she became sick over seven days under the noses of everyone even a doctor who had been successful in catching other women serial killers who used arsenic jane poisoned her victim slowly she played with maddie oh i heard this somewhere she played go. with maddie bringing her in and out of lucidity only this poor woman is just collecting a debt <laughs> how does she end up living with her for seven days only to immediately plunge her into a deep coma on july 5th maddie davis finally died that same month, Jane moved in with the Davis family to help take care of Alden Davis after the passing of his wife. Less than a week after she'd been there, Jane set fire to some papers in the closet <laughs> in her new home. Much to Jane dismay, Jane's dismay, the fire was quickly extinguished. A few days later, Jane lit another fire in the pantry <laughs> and went out for an afternoon stroll. It's one thing to poison people till they get a gastrointestinal she's disorder a, but now she's setting shit on fire yeah, yeah. She, she's expanding her, she's getting off the chain now. Going on to well, now so she said she set a fire in the pantry she took off for an afternoon stroll fortunately for the davis family friends saw the smoke and rushed to put the fire out so again she was foiled the next week, Jane set another fire in the Davis home, but once again, it was extinguished in time. It's the damnedest thing. This house keeps catching it's on combustible. fire. No. It's back before the smoke detectors, I suppose. These goddamn com- combustible houses are a bitch. You know, you know what I realized today? I don't know. I don't think Rudy had ever seen fire before. Okay. Because we don't have a, we have a ceramic top stove, and today I used lit a match in the house and uh. He freaked out. He ran away from me. I'm sorry that happened. Why don't he, you tell us more about Lizzie Borden or whoever the fuck we're talking about? Jane, uh, Jolly Jane. Jolly Jane. Jane. Jolly Jane. Yeah, Topo. Okay, now let me uh, let me bring you up to July 26, 19 ot ot. I already said we're, we're I like there. that. I 19 like that. ot ot. 
Jane poisoned Genevieve Gordon, the youngest Davis daughter, who had remained in the house to make sure her father would fare well without his wife. Well, make and, sure it and that shit didn't catch fire. <laughs> yeah. right. She now, walked around with a fire extinguisher. <laughs> a bucket of water. Now, Jane tried to pass this off as a suicide due to the fact that Genevieve was so distraught over her mother's death. And on August 8th, Jane turned her sights on Alden Davis, devil. Hmm. It's about time. And killed him in less than two weeks after his youngest daughter's death. She's just going through this family. She might as well get a goddamn chainsaw and just... Yeah, one at a time. Now, while Minnie was dying, Jane brought her 10-year-old son to bed with her. And it is believed that Jane sexually abused this child. Oh, no. This 10-year-old boy. Yeah, yeah, she had some sexual fetishes that went along with her uh, other issues, it sounded like. Ah. Oh. That's well, not so goddamn remember, remember jolly. I what, the one lady she was in bed with, <clears throat> and they think that she abused other patients sexually when they were uh, comatose. Damn. Comatose? That, yeah, or out of it or drugged. Or that's whatever. just not kosher. That's Wait not. a minute. All I can think of is comatose. <laughs> comatose? Comatose. <laughs> I have some toast. So anyway, on a... Uh, so so now we know she's an arsonist, she's a pedophile, she's a poisoner. I she's not too jolly to me. Well, she she's happy with herself. Well, <laughs> we I, we need a new name for Jane. Yeah, well, we Jane the Jane the Jolly Jane. Jolly Jane. Jane the Okay, so now we're up to August 26, 19 ah, ah, Timmy. Okay. She returned to her hometown of Lowell. In hopes of, mar- of marrying her dead foster sister's widower, Oramel. Remember Oramel? Oh, yeah. Wow. You can't quite... let that shit stay on the market long. He's, yeah. a, he's a deacon. Jane killed his sister, Edna Barrister, 77, because she felt that she was in the way, stood well, in the way of the marriage well, to Well, well she, she was married true. to him. To oatmeal, yeah. <laughs> She's using logic. You got to give her that. So, uh, no, that was his sister. Right. Edna Barrister. Oh, okay, so. okay. So his sister, <clears throat> not her sister. Yeah. His sister. It was, his his, sister. It was right. yeah, gotcha. Oatmeal's sister. Oatmeal. On, <laughs> on, on August 31, 19 ot ot Timmy, mm-hmm. Minnie Gibbs, father, Minnie. father-in-law, Captain Gibbs, was summoned by Tennille Gibbs. I could not find out what kind of captain he was. I kept looking in a recent. They kept referring to this guy as Captain Gibbs, but it doesn't give me just some name he gave himself. I thought he was one of the Bee Gees, Colonel. <laughs> well, oh I thought you would break out song when you saw that name, Captain Captain Gibbs. was was the great 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 seafaring granddaddy. <laughs> Living it all up, living it all on the night on Broadway. Okay, that's your Bee Gees fix for the week, people. God. Now, they summoned Leonard Wood, the leading toxicologist in he Massachusetts. <laughs> he did, I heard it. Leonard. Lenny Wood. But the lights nope. always shine in Massachusetts. There you go. There you go. In Massachusetts. All right. That was good. All right. Jesus. Fuck. What's up, devil? Just. Okay, so we're at August 31, 19, ot, ot, and Minnie Gibbs, the her father-in-law, Captain Gibbs, summoned. I, w- I would just like to say, Charles, that you're free to go as soon as this podcast is over because Kevin is closing today. 
Oh, he is. So let that. Well, he said he would okay. if you weren't. Yeah, so let that be your guide okay. to how long this last page <laughs> and a half is going to take. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, now, so anyway, this Captain Gibbs summons Leonard Wood. He's a leading toxicologist in Massachusetts, and they dig up these bodies to test his suspicions that they have been poisoned. Hmm. Jane read this in the newspaper and started laughing hysterically, telling Oatmeal, they think I poisoned the whole family, which actually she did. I don't know what's so damn funny about that. When the bodies were exhumed, a state police detective, John Patterson, was assigned to follow Jolly Jane and keep an eye on her. Actually, he followed the rumors that mm-hmm. were following her. Go. All he had to do was keep track of the rumors because they followed her closely wherever she went. So on September 29, Timmy, 19 ot ot Frustrated that all of her attempts to win oatmeal back were not working, Jane attempted to poison oatmeal, then nursed him back to health to prove how indispensable she was. Well, she was kind of indispensable at that point after she poisoned his oatmeal. When this didn't work, Jane took an overdose of morphine herself. She didn't die, but she was sick for, for several days, and after she got back on her feet, did she oh. crawl in bed with herself and kiss herself? <laughs> no, she just laid there curled up in a ball, a big, big jolly ball. But when she got done, Oatmeal told her to hit your hit the road, Jane. Get out my house. Lillian, you move, bitch. Get out. Get out the way. So Jane you want. traveled all the way to New Hampshire to visit her old friend Sarah Nichols. Meanwhile, the toxicology report on many gains. Gibbs, I'm sorry, came back suggesting... Brandy? Murder. Well, not really murder, but foul play. <laughs> <laughs> then why did you, why was I cued? <laughs> I don't know, but suggesting? Murder. No, goddammit. <laughs> suggesting? Foul play. <laughs> okay, there you go. You didn't really have your heart in that one either. Well. So on October 29th, as everybody's getting ready for Halloween in 19-ot-ot, Jane was arrested for the murder of Minnie Gibbs. I wonder if she was arrested on a full murder charge or just a mini murder charge. I don't know. <laughs> During the entire time that Jane awaited a formal trial, she remained in the Barnes and Noble jailhouse. She quickly befriended the jailer's wife who believed that Jane was innocent. As she sat in the jail cell, Jane gained more and more weight because the jailer's wife kept bringing her more and more food. October 31st is Halloween, Timmy, picture it. Mm-hmm. 19 odd odd. Okay. An arraignment is held for Jane. Okay. The trial was continued for a week later, where Jane pled not guilty. The state proposed that Jane had been using arsenic to poison her victims because it had been found in the bodies. Did she have old lace as well? Mm-hmm. It turned out, though, Timmy... Mm-hmm that the embalming fluid used was mostly arsenic and the prosecutor prosecution was at a standstill as to how Jane had killed her victims. That's a fucking head-scratcher, Colonel. It's a conundrum, Timmy. Yeah. But Captain Gibbs, Minnie Gibbs' father-in-law, who proposed that Jane had used morphine and atrophine as her poison of choice. Well, that Captain Gibbs was a bright fella. He was a smart son bitch, that captain. He's probably only a lieutenant until he solved this. So anyway, on November 8th, the trial was continued to November 11th. The prosecution was still no closer to connecting Jane to the victims. An inquisition hearing about the deaths of the Davis girls was held after Jane's hearing. And Captain Gibbs' suspicions was founded, Timmy. 
Mm-hmm. On November 11th, 19-odd-odd, Timmy, the trial once again continued, and it lasted for another nearly a whole month until December 11th. Hmm. No. Oh, almost Christmas. No, time. no, 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 Timmy. Hmm? The trial once again continued until December 11, 1901. Wow. For 13 months. Oh, there must have been and something going a, on. It was a trial of the century, but it, the century was pretty young. Yeah. Now, meanwhile, on November 21st, the bodies of Maddie and Alden Davis were dug back up. Okay. Or exhumed. On December 6th, the day before my birthday, 23 members of a grand jury, damn, that's a big grand jury, assembled to hear Jane's case. Jane was officially charged with four counts of murder of the entire Davis family. Once again, she said, no, I did not do it. I'm not guilty. On March 31st, 1901, Timmy, the Hearst newspapers reported that Jane had undergone a psychiatric evaluation by a panel of experts who had determined that she was insane. Hmm. In the membrane, in the membrane Timmy. Yeah. yeah, it was a, you know, a media frenzy. Jane had admitted that she had an ir- Uh-oh, who's this remind you of, Timmy? Jane had admitted that she had an irresistible sexual impulse to kill and confessed to 11 murders. Well, hmm. Whatever gets you there. <laughs> I don't know poison 11 people <laughs> getting you there. I mean, you can't just. Well, I guess they didn't have internet porn back then, did they? No. Yeah, that's. So she had to kill people. Mm-hmm. See, that's the beauty of the internet now, Timmy. Now, on June 23, 1901, the trial of Jane Toppin began. It took less than eight hours for the entire trial, and the jury only had to deliberate for 20 minutes before Jane was found not guilty by reason of being batshit fucking crazy, Timmy. She copped an insanity plea. She copped the insanity plea. She was sentenced to Taunton Insane Hospital for life. She appeared to be overcome with joy about the verdict because she assumed that she'd be able to convince the hospital of insanity and be set free in a few months' time. It was later discovered that Jane had confessed to a defense lawyer and longtime friend James Stewart Murphy that she had committed more than 31 murders. Yes. Man, she was I not. I should have said foul plays, but. <laughs> <laughs> she, was not, she was not, you know, just she was just not a role model to me. Well, if she's a role model for someone who killed 33 people. Yeah, but, I, it, you know, this is. what kind of model. This is really weird, though, because this is the first is. one that. We had a, you know, because men often, you know, they kill, the men serial killers are killing out of sexual desire, right? Mm-hmm. And the women, they always kill for money or, you know, Usually revenge or jealousy. Or, yeah. But this is the first one we've ever had that was really a, a sexual. Prevert. Yeah, murderer that was a female. Yeah, and we don't do a lot of female serial killers usually because they poison people and that just isn't. Uh, it's just kind of boring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it is. It's just garden. garden. Our, our audience is kind of boring. <laughs> yeah, garden variety murder. They don't. Right. Our audience don't like that but shit. This is kind of interesting. So, in the, in addition, so she committed. She had she had owned up to thirty one murders here, Timmy. And in addition to this, as a sub, supplement to the New York Journal, William Randolph Hearst typed up Jane's confession. In this document, Jane admitted that she wanted the panel of experts to find her insane. In the membrane. Upon convincing them of this lie, she felt very smug in knowing that she had outsmarted a panel of, air quote, experts. She was smug, Brandy. Jane described. Smug, plump, 
unattractive plump girl. Well, mm-hmm. I, you know, some you got everybody has a hobby with reckless opiate distribution tendencies. Yeah. Well, that was the rumor that followed. That was a rumor. That it, yeah, but it was sitting in the chair next to her. Yeah. Because it followed her everywhere. Like a shadow. Jane described the exquisite, exquisite uh-huh. pleasure it gave her to kill her patients, and she marveled at the lack of feeling and remorse she felt for doing these horrible things. In an attempt to show that she was not without feeling, Timmy, mm-hmm. Jill claimed that the jilt she received from the lover in her youth seemed to be the root of all of her problems. No, I think chronic horniness was the root of all her problems, but... Yeah, she had a lot of problems. And Jane went on to explain, if I had been a married woman and been getting boned regularly... I probably would not have killed all those people. Boned regularly. Was that a direct quote? No, mm. that wasn't in the research. But she did say if she had been <laughs> married, that none of that would have happened. She would have never killed nobody. She just couldn't find a man. See? And she had that irresistible sexual impulse. So that maybe he could have satisfied her. Didn't I guess they didn't have vibrators or whatnot back then. But it was made out of hickory, and you could get splinters and stuff. No, they did, remember? Because women, oh, yeah, would, they did. women would go to the doctors to be masturbated? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she get could, rid of hysteria. Could have just gone to the doctor and got yeah, got rid of that irresistible sexual impulse for a twenty dollar copay. Yeah, but the doctor's arm gets tired. <laughs> I know, you know they not don't, if he has palsy. They don't <laughs> treat that at my doctor's office. So <laughs> if they did, we'd be going every other week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, here's my whole savings card. I'm back again. You're so, not going to have to call and remind me in six months. <laughs> it seems to be a chronic condition. <laughs> I might have to get FMLA for this. Jesus. <laughs> they should have some kind of masturbation clinic. They, they should. I mean, They're I guess they do. Houses. <laughs> and they do, technically. But, I mean, yeah, I I mean it should be, parlors. like, legit, you know, like where you go. Well, you know, and, I mean, there are times that it's it becomes a biological need. Now, I don't know about you, devil, because, you know, I don't know how women operate under those no, conditions. No, clearly you don't know anything uh, about women. <laughs> but I think we've established that. Yeah, I'm no expert in the sexuality of women other than, you know, know, my my amazing feats at no. measuring them. Prowess. Yeah, my prowess. But uh but for men, you know, if if it builds up too long, it can you can get sepsis. Yeah, it can put out our eye. No. It can put out our eye. Yeah. <laughs> Or or a passerby's eye, yeah, somebody's eye. It's gonna, it's just gonna be messy. No, I mean, it's a proven. You know, it is it's, a proven yeah, fact that it's the, the more blue ball itis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> perfect. It's proven fact: the more ejaculations a man has, the less risky is that for prostate cancer. Oh, yeah. That's why I got that. That's why I wear that blue ribbon all the time. Give till it hurts. For prostate. Give till it hurts. Give till it hurts. Yeah, I tell Renee all the time. Yeah, what's this whole thing with a prostate massage? What there's guys who are into that. Yeah, it's not a uh it's not a it's a thing. Um and if you ever been to the doctor that has long slinky fingers, sometimes when they're checking that thing, it can be a little awkward because Oh, please keep talking. I no, I have has this okay, this this is the real thing. Sometimes the doctor checks that thing and they can touch the right spot and all of a sudden something happens on the other side. It's an automatic sympathetic No, I don't think response. so. I think it says something about you. <laughs> no, it does not. Uh, okay, it this, does not. This is, this is humiliating, but 
I only had that once, an exam once when I turned 50. The doctor said we're going to have to do a prostate exam. And, I, and, you know, and I didn't go in because I've been putting off going to the doctor because I knew they were going to do that. So he says, we're going to do this military style. Well, well fuck, I've never been in the military. I don't know what <laughs> yeah. that means. But anyway, he's like doing this and he put his gloves on and everything. And then he's like, then he makes a statement like, oh, it's really tight. <laughs> yeah, and I'm thank like, you. Is, are you fucking complimenting me? What am I supposed to say? Thank you? <laughs> yeah. You say thank you, sir, and move on. Yeah. I just, see, I just, I just said, like, hey, you know, don't, don't, don't make comments. Take the compliment. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just get this done. Take the compliment. Don't make comments. Just, but just, at least he wasn't sitting there going, boy, this thing flaps. How yeah. do you even walk around? You whore. Yeah. yeah. See, it's not. What no? What's more humiliating? When I had to get my vasectomy for some reason, they third checked asshole. That. Just and, saying. Uh, <laughs> no, I know, that, but that's know. what I'm talking about. Is that the he asked about the prostate massage? And you shot your shit all over the place, no, didn't you? I did not. You hit him in the eye. <laughs> I did not. But there was there was it's very like popping a champagne cork. Um, that's gay. <laughs> yeah, that would be gay. It's a popping a champagne cork. That's what was, that was. No, I'm just saying there was movement. Oh, I'm the, sure the general moved. Yeah, but I mean, it's a thing. It's a the general a, stood straight at attention. It's a fetish hit, thing. I did mean, he then reach around and caress you softly? I, I offered him an extra copay. I was like, "Dude, you got me here. You drove me halfway home. Now don't. I ain't don't getting out of hanging. this car. I am not getting out of the car right now. All right, you take me home. So no, it happens to men. It's nothing to be ashamed about, and it says nothing Are about your sure? sexuality. Because I'm, bet, I'm betting I can make you feel ashamed about it. <laughs> so. I don't know why I said that to the you listening just, you public. You just told 90,000 people <laughs> I know. you got a woody when a finger was up your butt, but that's okay. <laughs> it yeah. happens to me. I clearly, it happens to you. When I got my, when I had my... Uh, oh, so it's happened more than once. <laughs> it's happened more than once. <laughs> it's a trend, Brandy. You know what? That's the thing. Once is slipping. Twice. <laughs> no. Yeah. I got... I. Rudy likes to chase the soccer ball. I don't want to so hear that story. Rudy's involved with this. So I kicked the soccer Christ. ball. Story. Then I realized one day I cannot hardly move my right leg. So I go into my doctor. He sends me out to get uh, uh, x-rays and MRI done. And what I've done was torn my hip flexor. And I had it so bad that it, um, my my muscle was actually locking up, freezing up. And it goes from your butt around to your groin there right so i gotta go to a physical therapist and get this muscle worked and unlocked and everything else well she starts massaging through there and when she starts getting over to the groinage part i just got a towel on when she started getting to the groinage part all of a sudden the towel started making a little tent did you shift your position to get a little bit closer to her hand <laughs> dude like, he just gets a hard on when the wind blows like, clearly I, no, I was mortified. I was actually mortified. And I was like, you know, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm sure and, she's seen it before. And she said, and she said, she just started laughing. She said, you know, your brain's conditioned that when a hand gets that close, you know, you're expecting something. And that's sad, though. So if I grab you by the back of the head and force your face down in my crotch, it wouldn't be inappropriate. <laughs> no, but if you. Because <laughs> my brain. Are you is, getting ready to do that? My brain is conditioned for that. <laughs> How do you? Are how you did, getting ready to give him a blowjob? How did he make Seriously, that I'm jump? Leaving. That's what I want to know. I don't know, but that's what I said. You should have asked. I'm going to have to go. Yeah. That's oh, what you should have asked, asked her. her. Okay. Yeah. That's not what he meant. <laughs> but she. Uh, God damn! Is this story ever going to end? What's happened to Jane? Is she? Like okay. In, 
Okay, well, in a, an Bitch attempt died. to show that she was not without feeling, Jill claimed that she was jilted. Had she been married, gotten some a little bit, she probably wouldn't have killed all these people. And then not, June 24, 1901, Jane checked into a new home, the insane asylum. For nearly three and a half decades, much, but it's home. Jane's yeah. mental state slowly deteriorated. Oh, for a geez. time... <laughs> <laughs> it, she got worse. She got worse. <laughs> she went downhill. <laughs> For a time, she refused to eat any of the food at the hospital because, ironically, she thought that the food might be poisoned. Well, as the years passed, Jane became a quiet old lady who did not cause any trouble. And on eight August 17, 1938, after 37 years in the psychiatric ward, Jane's ticker finally gave out. Timmy, she was 81 years old. She lived to 1938. She yeah, lived she lived time. a long life, mm -hmm. long healthy life for somebody putting poison in people's food. Yeah, so she confessed to 33 murders. They think she killed 75 people. Brandy, what's your final thoughts on Jolly Jane Topan? I, I can't really get off the last conversation that we just had, so you're going to have to skip me right now. Do you have any thoughts about I'm, her? I'm now damaged <laughs> beyond repair. Do you have any thoughts about Jane? Jolly Jane? I, no. I okay. No. Chuck, your final thoughts on Jolly Jane Topan. You I know, just, <clears throat> out of my mind that he wants to put he wants to put your head in his lap, Chuck. <laughs> I don't, I don't know understand he, what happened. I think he, what he was saying is I should have grabbed the therapist, yes, as was which would have been quite inappropriate. I and I do but no, not believe I, you was, could excuse it by you, you told her that I'm sorry. That's my yeah, my I'm brain sorry. is conditioned. My brain's conditioned to just pull your hair when you do that. Yeah, and jerk, yeah but I but leave see, you fifty dollars and I, then leave. I don't <laughs> believe Humana covers that service, Timmy. <laughs> I don't, I don't believe think they, that I would have had to pay the deductible. Yeah, that's not covered under there. ACA, I don't <laughs> it's think. Not, it's not a pre-existing. That damn Obamacare. It, it is a pre-existing condition, yeah. kind of. I hope when the Republicans well, come up with a, a new plan, it's at least covering that one. <laughs> so, But anyway, my thoughts on Jolly Jane, anybody is going to crawl. You know, because on a winter night, to me, ain't nothing like a jolly big girl crawling up in bed with you, kissing you all over the face, giving you opium. Well, she was Giving you opioids yeah. and kissing your face and right. making y'all warm with a with a body jiggles and whatnot. Yeah, she had her good points. Yeah, I bet she had some big old boobs on her. Yeah. So, Brandy, do you have no final thoughts? I, I no. Okay. I have no final thoughts. Everybody have a great long weekend. Where can people find us? You can find us on Facebook. We have two Facebook pages, History Dweebs. The podcast is our Facebook group, and we also have History Dweebs where we post some history-related stuff. And... Uh, where else, Brandy? You can find us on Twitter. You can follow us on Twitter at HistoryDweaves1, or you can follow the Colonel at Hawkwaters, and you can follow Brandy at Brandy Vinay. That's Brandy V-E-N-N-A. That is true. And we're available and you can find us on, on iTunes. iTunes. Please leave us a review, a positive review. If you do, we'll thank you publicly on the air. And thank you all for joining us, and we'll see you next time on History Dweebs. Bye-bye, everybody. good day to Dottie. Have a great weekend, Dottie and Lady Beverly. Yes. Bye, Mom. See you guys. Good day. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health 
right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 